and welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and today we have a very special conversation with YouTuber Shannon Strucci. Now, when I mapped out this conversation before we had it, I wanted to talk about gender roles in YouTube and on film sets, but I was very nervous because, as I mentioned probably way too many times in our conversation, I'm a pretty big fan of Strucci. So, yeah, I had a hard time staying on topic and remembering what I wanted to say. Regardless, I think we had a lot of fun. I do want to throw up a quick content warning, though. We talked for a fair chunk of time about what it's like losing parents, so if that's a triggering subject for you, maybe avoid that. There's also a quick description of some weird, violent sex fanfic stuff in relation to what we were talking about at that moment. And there's also the discussion of the R word later on. So just be aware of all of that. And I hope you have a good time with this episode and be sure to stick around at the end for a special announcement. Yeah, sure. Announcement, a thing, a special thing. Be sure to stick around for stuff, junk. Anyway, here it is. All right, so I'm here with uh, Shannon Strucci. Hello, Shannon. Hello, thank you for having me. So you are a YouTuber who does YouTube videos on the internet where YouTube is. (laughs) You just released a two-hour wild ride of a video that I think is easily described as like a masterpiece. <laughs> well, thank you. The amount of work that must have gone into that is is truly impressive to me as somebody who also does YouTube videos. So, you know, this is a this is this is the trans questioning podcast and you're not you're not trans. So it's kind of a weird <laughs> thing when I when I contacted you I feel like it probably didn't seem like an obvious uh obvious reach. I've been kind of a fan of yours for a long time and one of the things that you sort of bring up every once in a while in your stuff sometimes more explicitly than others is just kind of how how done you are with mediocre men and uh, <laughs> just all kinds of uh of bullshit. I actually Last night, read your piece on Medium on being a non-dude video essayist. Yeah, the, and there's a lot of stuff in there that I that I really liked. I'm you. sorry if I if I cut you off at times. It's hard with the delay. Oh no, you're good. I'm I'm really awkward. I'm like much more awkward in person than that over like Discord or Skype. It's hard to time it out. It's no problem. Yeah, that one. I was just like <laughs> I, I spent. I was like I put a lot of time into these. It was the, it was an interview that that didn't get use and I got permission by the person who uh, conducted the interview. I was like, can I post this? <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time on this. And she was like, sure. Yeah, that's no, it's it's good. Your video essays, you started off doing uh, So You Want to Be a Film Nerd, which is sort of an intro to a lot of basic concepts of um, uh, film theory and sort of appreciating film. And I really like those videos because uh, as, a, as a film student, I felt a very similar sort of exhaustion with the academic kind of obsession with exclusive like jargon mm-hmm. when I'm doing research for for some of the stuff that I'm I tr- try to do it's really exhausting sometimes the the language that is used it's like I need a college degree just to understand what's being said here and we're <laughs> talking about movies and so that series is something that I've turned I've pointed a couple of people to because it's I think I think does a really good job of getting those ideas across but what I, what I think is really impressive is how you kind of have done something else with your parasocial relationship series I'm sort of trying in my own work to not get like railroaded into one specific topic. And I think like the parasocial relationship thing is not exactly like an obvious outgrowth from <laughs> the the film thing. So how did you get into that? Um, a, uh, a couple of years in uh, 2016, uh, I have a friend on Twitter named Devin Alex H who I think at the end of the video, and we were just talking back and forth on the timeline or whatever. And they were like, you know, I've been trying to cut back on content that I feel like I formed a parasocial relationship with. Like, I think they specifically mentioned Red Letter Media and some other stuff. And I was like, what's a parasocial relationship? And they explained it. And I was like, (laughs) what? And I started doing a whole bunch of research in 2016. I was like, I want to make a video on this. And then I was like, it's got to be more than one video. This is going to take a long time. So I I printed off a whole bunch of... um, 
different articles and pieces. And I, I still have the original ones from a couple of years ago where I wrote all over them. And I was like thinking it was going to be one 20 minute video. And I was like, this is going to be a lot more than that. But it was my friend specifically saying I have to cut back on these relationships. And I was like, Ooh, that's interesting. And we like DM'd about it back and forth a little bit. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I can understand why it's good that you, you know, if you see this as unhealthy and da 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 da. Yeah. And it, 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 it's, it feels like kind of the perfect topic to be talking about, uh, right now yeah uh with with internet culture the way that it is in the last couple of days since since the video came out i've been seeing a lot of um uh, i think just just last night or the day before uh you got like a curious cat that was saying i resent that you're sort of implicitly saying that all parasocial relationships are bad mm-hmm. and that's that's a that's a reaction that almost kind of worries me because I feel the same thing where when, when somebody points out a trend, it's like, Oh, that's a thing that's happening. That means that it needs to not happen ever. <laughs> and so it's like, you either have to hate it or you have to not give a shit. And, um, I, I feel conflicted because, uh, I, my, my life is filled with parasocial relationships. I think there's no way to really get around their existence because, I mean, I there are lots of artists that I really like. One of my favorite musicians is Amanda Palmer, mm-hmm. who um, her kind of whole thing is cultivating parasocial relationships with people. So where's the line for you? What's what's where does a parasocial relationship go from being like healthy to extremely unhealthy? I think it's just if you use it in place, if, if you have if you would otherwise have access to healthy relationships and instead of um, going through the sort of difficulties of those relationships, because they're a lot harder to maintain. It's a lot harder to maintain a two-way relationship. Uh, an actual person is much more likely to like disappoint you or be difficult or have their own needs in a relationship. And if you're just sort of like, well, I'm not, I'm tired of this. Um, are just people who get, I, I, I talk a lot in the video about people who get way too into it and make a lot of um, assumptions. And I mean, I don't... I've gotten so many weird messages over the years and some of them I don't want to make the person feel bad because they obviously didn't mean to to be weird. So I didn't yeah. include it. And then some people it's like a serial killer. So I don't want to include it. <laughs> um, I, there, there's certain stuff where I was like, I don't want this person to know I even saw what they said. Some of the, the weirder, the weirder stuff I've gotten, especially about people asking if I'm dating H bomber guy, I, I deliberately oh. did not include because yeah like there were a bunch of people when i edited a video for him um there was a scene where it looks like he's nude and i got a messages a lot of messages that were like what does his dick look like and those were just annoying i was not like i thought about including those was like i don't want to draw more attention to this i thought it would be funny if i had him read those off i might do that in the future but i probably won't because i don't want to give those people more attention then they'll just keep sending it to me i he did not get any questions about his dick only i got questions about his dick but but the creepy ones i was like i don't want to include this so it's like if you start it's also when you cross that line and you either start ignoring boundaries or demanding too much of the object of your parasocial relationship. Cause even like, yeah. and I think people, a lot of people who sort of took offense to the video didn't stop to think about like, I used to be, I, I was never like a stalker, but I, I mm. used these relationships rather, whether with fictional characters or with people I was a fan of on YouTube or whatever, um, as you know, in the place of relationships at certain times, mostly when I like, there were a couple of times when my friends had moved and I was in like a really bad place and I didn't, you know, I was going to be mo- or something like that in a transitory yeah. uh, transitional period. And then sometimes I would just get like too into it. So it's like, I understand it from that point of view too. There's been times, you know, where you're really interested in someone um, just from, not like in love with them or anything, but just as a fan. And then I would like Google information about them or like look at all the different stuff they had done. And then you sort of hit a point where you find something you shouldn't have. And it's like, oh, God, now uh, this is in my head. Or even, like, stuff like real person fan fiction, some of the stuff I, I found, especially researching oh, this. Oh, yeah. Which I'm... Vi- that freaked me out. There's some stuff that is just, like... Because um, I, I try very hard to be non-judgmental about fandom stuff and about, um, you know, try to be sex positive about kinks and stuff. But some of the... the how weird and violent some of the... Um, real person fan fiction that I found was like, I don't know if I want to describe on your podcast, some of the strange, <laughs> explicit stuff, but I was just like, how can you write this about 
like one. I got one of the the weirder ones that I, w- I won't like that isn't as sexually you can, explicit. You can get into as much detail as you want. Okay, the the grossest one that I found was it was like Jack is like a a spider person and he like rapes Markiplier what? and puts eggs in him. <gasps> what? Yeah, and there's one where it's like Markiplier's like a merman and he lures Jack into the water and disembowels him. And that kind of Holy stuff, I'm like, shit. how can you write... I, I really don't... If you're, like, writing it about anime characters or, like, whatever, that's totally cool. I don't care. That's uh, yeah. fine. That's people's kinks and stuff. I'm like, don't put that out where they could end up... Like, that's just a completely inappropriate use of someone's image when they're, like, real... These, like, yeah. guys in their 20s. The, the, the merman one freaked me out really bad. <laughs> God. It's really... Yeah, that's it's so really, freaky. Really, yeah, that kind of stuff, I'm like... And I didn't want to explicitly talk about that one. I don't. I, I did talk about the Make a Wish ones because I thought that was just disgusting. But I don't want those people, yeah. to, those like fourteen-year-old girls, probably who have done this. I don't want them people to find them and make fun of them. But it's also like you really shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> this is really, really weird. And I, I'm a very weird person. Um, it's weird that I've even read that stuff. But like you know, you start going <laughs> down the rabbit hole. I've uh, there's been fan fiction written about H Bomber guy. And I'll message him, and I'll yeah. be like, "Oh my god, there's this weird thing that I found this. Look at this." Because I'm close enough with him yeah. where I don't feel like uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. And he he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh my god." I feel the uh, the the sort of with with YouTube, especially in the last couple of years, there are a number of people like I I there's there's the the circle of like H bomber guy, contrapoints, Lindsay Ellis, Dan Olson, and everybody's sort of in that satellite circle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched all their videos a bunch of times and like I I distinctly remember like last summer at VidCon, there was a picture that came out that was all of them sitting together at a cheesecake factory. Mm -hmm. And that just like filled my heart with joy. I was super (laughs) excited about it. Mm -hmm. And then I had to like stop and be like, why does this excite me? Why do I feel like, oh, my gosh, my favorite people are hanging out together it's so weird. It's very weird. Yeah, and I and I I'm trying to interrogate that because I don't see it as like altogether negative, but it is like these are just complete strangers who make things that I enjoy. And I love that you constantly refer back to Bo Burnham because make happy to me is like the the perfect summary of all of this in a way that anybody can understand. The the line something like I'm in the uh, service industry if I'm not doing service for you then throw me away yeah which is better than you know like oh my fans stick like he says oh my fans they stick with oh, me to- yeah. throughout anything or like the lo- like with the logan paul suicide forest thing happened i I didn't like uh, screenshot it yeah and i could have gone back and looked for screenshots but i didn't want to of like all these you could tell these were like 12 year olds like no he's a good person this and i'm just like ah oh, these poor kids like i'm not saying logan paul is the worst person ever i think he's you know just like an immature anyone who gets famous that young is going to be messed up I don't know if he's necessarily a monster, but, like, watching these little kids get so messed up and, like, defending his honor on the internet, I was just like, uh, uh, I don't like, I don't want people, like, people who send me messages about me being a good person or this or that, I'm like, don't, you don't know, uh, yeah. I might be an asshole, you really don't know, like, don't, I'm just like, stop. It's, it's one thing to people, for people to talk about my work or certain aspects yeah. of, you know, uh, what I do online positively that's fine i like that but then i have gotten some about how great of a person i am i'm like you really don't don't do that that's unhealthy don't do that (laughs) no yeah it's it is a weird line because it's hard at least for me not to conflate like how much i like what somebody makes with like who they are as a person i Mm -hmm. think some of that comes down to like auteur theory and how that sort of poisoned the well (laughs) how how we understand art to some extent. I don't know if this is like a, a, a thing I should be ashamed to say, but I've watched all of H Bomber Guy's videos probably six or seven times. Like I'll put his uh, Sherlock video on in the background when I'm cleaning my room. Mm-hmm. And it's not out of like obsession. It's just, I think it's really funny. No, they're really good. He's really, really good. Yeah. And they're, and they're just like, it's, there are certain jokes of his that I forget are jokes that just repeat in my brain mm-hmm. that are just like, I don't know, perfect like intersections of of things that I find funny that I feel like nobody else does. It is weird when I'm watching these videos and I'm like, gosh, he's such a cool person. And it's like, why did, why is that my reaction to this? That's so mm-hmm. weird. But uh, uh, speaking of conflating your work with your personality, there's another thread that is part of the 
part of the reason why I, um, I started to respect your work early on is when you were talking about um, your, uh, uh, your father's death. I feel mm-hmm. like I first heard about this when you mentioned it on Twitter. I mentioned it a lot. I'm self-conscious about how much I mentioned <laughs> it. Comes up, I'm like, oh. my friend Matt Garingo teases me about it sometimes. He'll send me the, um, the Eloise Cole is dead. Red Letter Media. I don't know if you're familiar with Red Letter Media. He's a really good, a really, really close online friend of mine I've known for like eight years. He does a voice in the video and he'll, when it, he'll like send me that seven second Eloise call his dick. Like, Cause we've both been through a lot of sort of difficult, traumatic stuff and he'll tease me about it. But yeah, I mentioned it a lot. I, I try to be very <laughs> open about it and it's kind of therapeutic for me to be open about that kind of stuff. And it's like, hopefully this will help someone else who's been through some kind of trauma. Yeah. Well, I, I feel the same way. Like the first episode of this podcast and like, kind of a running theme is talking mm-hmm. about uh all of the shit that i've been through and i've gotten a number of messages uh even with my sort of small audience mm-hmm. of people saying i didn't feel like there was anybody else out there who was having these experiences and it, it's comforting to hear that mm-hmm. and part of the reason why i it took me so long to like come out as trans is that i didn't see my my experience of myself and my gender reflected in media or the world. And it wasn't until like this time last year when I, things were got so bad that I just like, Googled it. And actually it was uh contra points um, gender dysphoria video is one of the things that was like a big turning point for me where there were so many things that she was saying there that it's like, Oh, I feel the exact same way. And that's when it's like, maybe I'm transgender. Oh shit. <laughs> and so I think there is definitely a value to like oversharing your story because I bring up like uh, my mom died when I was 19 Mm -hmm. and that was a formative experience for me. It's like any parent's death is for for a kid. Um, And that sort of shaped my life as an adult in a very big way. And um, I see that to some extent in your work. I get the sense, and this is another one of these weird things I don't know how to feel about, that we have kind of a similar weird sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Watching your, um, the the short film Little Things. <laughs> oh, Lord. That, that one's a little on the nose, but I am still proud of parts of it. I would write it differently now, but... Um. Sure. Uh, but it, I, I, I laugh a lot when I watch it because it's not just the... Uh, the sort of commentary of it, but I love the like rotting on the inside thing, <laughs> which is also in that, uh, uh, the sketch video, the, is it ladies night? Yes. Yeah, so that's the name of a comedy show in Atlanta. We did the intro video for it. It's in that one. Uh, it's in a, it's a, in a couple other ones that I haven't put on YouTube yet. I do it. I do it in one and my friend Joseph does it in another. It's a, it's definitely a running thing. You're, you're like yeah. coughing up blood or your insides rotting out or just like weird, disgusting <laughs> Yeah, no, I do. I do a lot of the same shit. I actually just did like a shilling my my personality for Patreon video that ended with that gag. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. I'm a hack. It's, it's gross, but and as a as a film person, there are times when I realize that my idea of like what certain genres are is very different from people. At one point, somebody asked like, "We should watch a comedy together," and I was like, "Yeah, well, let's watch Savages." <laughs> with the uh, um, oh, I can never remember his name when I need to remember it. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, that movie, Savages, which is like this depressing middle-aged family coming together because their dad has uh, dementia and like their bodies are falling apart and nothing works and it's depressing. And like that to me is a hilarious comedy. And they're <laughs> just like, when the credits roll, they're like, what the hell did you make us watch? I didn't, I hated that. I hate myself now. Anyway, getting back to the point. Yeah, you talk about the death of your father a lot and like your like morbid sense of humor. And one of the things I keyed in on is how when you experience death, it kind of isolates you. So in your hereditary video, I actually watched that for the first time last night. Oh, wow. I'd avoided it because I haven't seen hereditary yet and I wanted to go in fresh. But I was reading a curious cat and caught a reference to it. It's like, okay, I have to watch it now. I tried to avoid spoilers. Uh, it's like a little bit, but I, I, I explicit plot stuff I avoided talking about. Yeah, I don't feel like the film was spoiled for me at all, and I, I still have like no idea what it what it was. You should definitely watch it about. before uh, if you're in a, a state of mind where you can handle watching something like that before it gets spoiled. I think 
is pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I am excited to watch it at, at some point. But in that, there's a whole like section where I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this quote down. Oh, so I just ended <laughs> up writing down the whole thing. But specifically, uh, I can never fully communicate how, I, uh, how that felt in reference to experiencing death firsthand mm-hmm. um, and how so few people I meet uh, have been through something similar. And that to me was like, oh God, I know I know how that feels. The The experience that's on my mind right now is that I uh, went to Italy this summer, which is such a like, bougie thing to, <laughs> to, to have in my past. Now. When I was in Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I, I was I was I was in Rome drinking wine and eating bread. And, you know, <laughs> I, that I guess that did actually happen. Oh, God. While I was there, I was there with like kids who were way younger, like 10 years younger than me. And while I was there. There's this constant low level tension of they will not fucking stop talking about their parents like, oh, my mom won't stop calling me because she wants to check up on me. And she's so worried. And, you know, there are times when they're like, oh, I wish my dad would just shut up, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that already always gets to me. But I started hormone replacement therapy like a month before going up there. So I'm already kind of an emotional person. And that's put my emotions like way over the top. Mm-hmm. So there was one one night in particular, where it's like everybody on the group is talking about it. And I like realized everybody like went silent and was staring at me and I was crying. And yeah, it, it, it's 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 rough and it's not something that a lot of people talk about what, what's your experience with that that like othering that the death causes uh it's it's difficult you talking about ice that i specifically remember when i was like 16 years old because my dad died when i was 14 um and i've also had like a ton of other relatives die uh, pe- people in different uh over the years different age ranges i had a friend in high school who died I, there was a family friend who died like i have probably like 15 uh. people like i just it's just I, as when I was a kid, I was like, "Is my family cursed? This is so awful. This is so." But I was in art class, and this girl was like, "Oh my god, my mom's such a bitch. She won't buy me the jeans <laughs> that I want." And I just remember just thinking, "Oh my god, yeah, I hate you. You're so stupid." Like even as um, uh, a teenager, or even when I was younger than that, when I had, had like my first relative die when I was like four, or my grandmother died, um, and it's just been downhill from there. But. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's people. I mean, it's better now as an adult because people yeah. are a lot more mature. And also people that I, like I was very, very quiet and reserved then and not everybody I talked to knew about it. And now my friends know. And even if they are annoyed, I mean, I, I don't get necessarily get emotional and stuff, but I think being friends with people who are emotionally mature and them knowing my experiences, I don't get, oh, my dad's being so stupid. He won't do because, you know, like in the back of my head, I'm just going to be like, well, you know, you're. You're lucky you have a dad kind of stuff. But, but it's also like, I don't, there are times where I really have to kind of keep myself in check where someone's going through something and I really think they're overreacting. But I can't yeah, compare everything someone goes through. Like, because uh, in 2000, uh, when, when my dad died that year, I, three other relatives died and I basically got, I had mono and a doctor told my mom I had probably had lymphoma. So I thought I was dying. Uh, and I had mono when he died. I didn't know it. And oh, then I just God. got sicker and sicker. And, then, you know, so like I have that experience. And I'm like, I can't sit here and compare this. Everybody's life is different. I can't. It's very unfair of me. And I'm sure very annoying to my friends if I was just always like, well, at least your dad didn't die kind of thing. But it's also good to keep uh, for me that has kept such. It's been the only good thing to come out of all that is I feel like I, I have more perspective. Like, yeah, uh, um, like with, with something like some of the videos that I do. I am prepared for a certain amount of backlash or like making a video about how pl- these platforms are exploitative. I was like, is this going to lose me support on Patreon or what? Or is it hypocritical or whatever? But I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I-, I come down to, I don't care if I look dumb. I don't care if people yell at me. I don't care if people hate me. I don't care if I burn a bridge with someone, if I don't like what they're doing, because none of this will ever live up to, I have had the worst, hopefully have had the worst day of my life over 10 years ago. <laughs> the, the, the worst yeah. thing you can possibly, the, the idea like, and it was also like I was out what happened is I was out with him and my little brother and he had a heart attack and I had to leave them and go find a stranger to call 911 we didn't have a cell phone so especially for years after that I blamed myself it's like why didn't I do CPR I didn't know that the CPR survival rate is actually very low I wish I had known that so I was like I carried the guilt with me of not doing more like I blamed myself for his death it's like what else can bother me 
after I've been through that at 14. Yeah. What else? Like, and a lot of people have that. <laughs> even other people have been through difficult stuff or more difficult stuff. Like, I can't imagine having, like, an abusive father. My father was very loving. I would rather have a dead father than someone who, like, beat me or molested me or anything. I can't imagine how, like, that, what a betrayal yeah. that is, how horrible that is. But it's also, like, I've been through this one thing that's, like, almost, like, that year was, like, comically terrible. <laughs> it was just awful. It's, like, one thing after another, after another, after another. Um, And I, a lot of people can't. There will be times where I will think something is funny and someone will not. I have a fair, like, I would not consider myself a socially awkward person. I have a fair amount of social acuity, but there it'll still catch me every so often. Like, I'll, I'll accidentally injure myself and I'll think it's very funny. Oh, yeah. And someone will be like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, uh, my old roommate, a few years ago, I was opening, it was like, I got on sale at Kroger, these, like, birthday pudding packs with like sprinkles yeah. and I cut I sliced my finger open on the aluminum foil and it was like bleeding yeah and I was like I'm an idiot and I was laughing in the kitchen my roommate was like what's up I was like I hurt myself and she was like okay <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> um where if if you know something weird something very strange and stressful can be happening and I'm like oh yeah no I I, I do the same thing I fell down some stairs recently oh, no. and I got up and like there were a bunch of people who saw me uh, and this was in Italy so no none of them like they didn't speak English <laughs> and they were all very concerned and I was I was kind of laughing the entire time and I stood up and I brushed myself off and I'm just like God I'm such an idiot and this is really funny in like a I could have died yeah but I didn't it's okay it, like that's that's by no means like a weird thing like laughing when you fall or whatever mm-hmm. but I did get eye contact with one of those people and it struck me I don't know like a concern on their face <laughs> and that caused me to like look back on that like what was that worse than it felt I don't know but I I definitely get the like the worst is behind me so who gives a fuck yeah like what well, whatever. Like, like the whole, I mean, there have been times where I've wished I had done more, especially like I had, um, I've talked about this a lot on Twitter too. Have, I had a, a professor that was fairly abusive and gross mm. and I wish I had done more, but I, I did end up, we had a really bad falling out and I, I was really, really scared about what he would do to my career. And I think he did harm my career, but it was also like, what's he going to do? Is he going <laughs> to come kill me? I hope not. I'll be okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do YouTube. <laughs> that, that I, it was yeah. like a really stressful very very awful stressful period for that's also like i found out uh, that same period a few years ago i like got uh dumped in a really bad way i found out my uncle had cancer and i had multiple fallings out and i got laid off all in the same period Oof. and it was felt really bad but then it was like eh, whatever <laughs> i you yeah. know either you keep going or you don't i've been through a lot worse than this when i was a kid it's fine <laughs> I'll, I'll look back on it and laugh and I do yeah so I'm curious you do some filmmaking it seems like you don't do as much as as you used to but that could just be that you're just not posting it yeah, a much. lot of it's on uh we're doing festivals it's on film okay. freeway so I have like three three that me either me my friend Devin or my friend Graham wrote or they were those three that we have one's closer to being posted and then my friend uh Tevin uh Mandel we have a web series of his. There's four episodes that we haven't. There's five episodes total. Four okay. we haven't cut yet. So I have like eight short films. I just haven't posted or finished for various reasons. But it's like I don't. It's not on YouTube. So how would you know that? Right. Some of. I mean, I'm really proud of all of it. I just need to. It's just like so much to get it at festivals and try to do, make the rounds with it, and then. Um, oh yeah. Make sure, like, I've already, like, one called, uh, there's one called What We're Reading Today that I'm really, really proud of. It's sort of like a fake public access thing that we shot in 2016 and then, like, last year really finished up a, a decent cut and started, so, or this year submitted to uh, festivals and stuff. And then it's like, I have to make sure it's perfect before it's on YouTube because I've already had it for two years. Like, why not <laughs> spend a little more time on it? Yeah. So how much uh, production work outside of your own stuff have you done? Uh, a, a fair amount. I mean, I did a ton of student films. I've, um, I don't, I don't want to, uh, say specifics, but I've did a lot of work like educational stuff and nonprofit stuff. I'm not, oh, okay. not, I haven't, uh, I've been on some smaller, like more independent, like one, like film set. I haven't done a whole lot of film or TV work. I try when I got laid off, I tried very, very hard to break into that. And I just got, would get no callbacks and I would submit, you know, uh. I had, I had very, very good referrals for my other jobs. 
it, well, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I had a, a good record from my college. I was in like all these, I did, I had a very, very good resume and it's just like no one responded. So I was like, well, yeah. I'm going to keep doing YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, it sucks. It's, yeah. it's so degrading. I put in so much work for a while. I couldn't even get a, a job at a Goodwill. Yeah. I um oh boy put in and they call me back and they're like yeah come interview on this day or like something we we're gonna set up the interview time and then they stopped responding and I was like what did Jesus like I can't get a it was very yeah 2015 was a very uh, rough year I was like well I'm just gonna keep and I, I look luckily I do get freelance I I did um drawing commissions for a while whenever I would it would get really bad because I can draw fairly well I would like. I felt bad, like spam my Twitter. Like, does anybody need a drawing? <laughs> I don't know what to do. That was also, but it was interesting because I, uh, living in Atlanta and having s- no money, but having a lot of free time because I couldn't get work. I would go to comedy shows all the time. I crash on my friend, uh. friends' couches and go. To, I got really, really into going to local comedy shows. Not, not as much anymore, but so it was kind of a yeah. cool opportunity. But it would also be like I killed so much time wandering around the city but i didn't have any money so it's like what am i just wandering i got yelled at by a cop for trying to take a nap in a park and at least one person one one time someone thought i was homeless and stuff like that but that wasn't it that was like a a good year to just kind of mess around i can't do that anymore i got uh more credit card bills than i did then and stuff like that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. oh man Uh, i'm trying to think georgia's got a pretty decent film industry doesn't it oh yeah it's exploded yeah. all around yeah, i know like the marvel movies are shot out there some of them are a lot stranger things is shot here walking dead is shot here oh yeah yeah, yeah it's also like i didn't want to do pa work so oh yeah yeah a lot okay. of my friends ended up doing that oklahoma like, has like sorry oh, no, go ahead. the delay um <laughs> oklahoma has an all right uh film industry it kind of like ebbs and flows mm-hmm. our deeply conservative government doesn't understand that sometimes when you spend money you get more money back mm-hmm. so like our tax incentive they keep threatening to cut it and then they cut it and then they lose revenue and then they bring it back i got really lucky I fell into a group of people who went on to get a lot of work around here. And our film industry is small enough that within like two years, I basically met everybody. Like the biggest thing that I I was able to get on was I worked a day on American Gods. That's cool. When it was shooting here. Yeah. There is a shot or two shots, actually. Two shots in the first episode that I worked an entire day for. And it was like 9,000 degrees outside. (laughs) And it was weird. It's like B crew. They needed people to just move like bounce boards. They didn't. It was a shot outside. It wasn't even. I don't know. I do like grip electric stuff, and I don't know why I was there. I sat in the AC most of the time. <laughs> but um, I have a number of friends. Like all of all, most of my friends here are women because everybody else is fucking intolerable. <laughs> and we all went to um, the same film program, and they've they graduated. Uh, I think last year. And I keep trying to get them jobs and it's just impossible. And it's so frustrating. It's, it's got to be infinitely more frustrating for them mm-hmm. because I feel like it was, it was a snap for me where I just sort of fell into it. And, you know, I give recommendations and it's like, no matter what, they just like, they don't get callbacks or if they go more as expected of them than ought to be and they just have like a miserable time and there's this this atmosphere of like rampant misogyny in like small film production that uh it it kills me and i can only imagine that it's like it's got to be exhausting for for someone in your position trying to like break in doing pa work especially when like i cannot count the number of like mediocre guys who are definitely the next David Fincher <laughs> who like in our in our filmmaking classes would show their film and be like so yeah this is uh this is my wonderful art piece about you know a guy trying to win back his his girlfriend and then she dies and he's got to solve her murder uh... it's always there's always murder involved it's always like the girlfriend and then they like their movies get into like our our shitty local like film festivals and stuff because 
there's no there's nothing else and they get like minor praise from people and suddenly that's a thing that goes on their resume and they go out and it's like oh wow you've got you've got accolades Mm -hmm. it feels like there's a group that for some reason who can say why they just seem to like fail upward and like no objective measure of quality can stop them from Mm -hmm. finding their way up the ladder in the film world it's very it's very frustrating. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, oh, I also I had the like explicitly I had that experience with the professor. I also had a coworker at my old job who sexually harassed me. Oh god! And there were like witnesses to it. It wasn't anything like I don't know. It was just like really inappropriate comments about like how I should uh, look into being a stripper and him trying to get me to come to dinner with him and all that and he's much older than me and stuff like that and it's just like it was just and that's a repeated thing like um i guess this is sort of tangentially related this is something i might talk about in the last fake the last fake friends is going to be a lot more personal or i might do more spinoff episodes but the last in the first four when i when i was uh 15 i uh, online met someone who worked on uh tv shows that i liked and i'm not gonna say who it is i can dm you later with who this person is um, someone who worked on a bunch of, who I really looked up to, who had done a lot of work I really admired in the industry. And I, and if I was friends with this person now, I mean, he doesn't really have a career anymore, but I bet it would have helped me. And I was like 15 to 17. He was like 38, 39. And he got so weird. He he like sent me oh. this email about when I was 16, about how the age of consent in Georgia is 16. He made a deviant art for fan oh. art he drew of me. He never knew my real name or saw a picture of me either. It was super weird. It's a Whoa. very weird, very awful experience. And there was one point when I was 17, he got drunk and he, we were messaging. We talked all the time and he was like, I don't want you to be just another person to me, blah, blah. And I was like, Whoa. You're my friend. Yeah. I'm 17. This is very oh. weird. I remember like talking to my mom about it and being like, I guess I really shouldn't be well, coming to my own conclusion of like, I shouldn't be friends with this person. But that was my first time yeah. that like a mentor figure in my life got weird and perverted. And it was not the last time. And it's like, what can I like? I'm I not that it uh, would matter, but I'm like fairly androgynous. I don't wear makeup. I don't ever flirt with people. I'm very much just like, okay, I'm here. I want to get do the job. Or with him, it was like I was just a friend. We had similar interests. Um, yeah, we just talked about a lot of different stuff, and it was really weird too. I think he sort of saw, like he he was like divorced, and I was like my dad had just died, and he sort of saw himself as like a weird father figure, but also would send me weird sexual stuff. I don't know. What was that? I had no interest in him uh, in that way whatsoever. Never expressed the interest in him. He ended up marrying someone my age a few years later. Um, oh no! <laughs> uh, whatever. I hope uh, they're happy. At that point, yeah. uh, I think she was like nineteen, twenty. I shouldn't have like looked like, kept, but I did keep up with. It's like, what is he doing now? Is he fun? the John K stuff? The Ren and Snoopy stuff was like uh, triggering or whatever. It was like, oh, that's he never. It was never that bad. I don't know if he would have. Um, been the same if I was like 13 and I don't know if he would have actually gone through with some of this creepy stuff John K did but it was very much like oh this reminds me of my experience uh, and that, yeah. that's sort of set the t- especially with like parasocial I think part of the reason I have a certain level of detachment with being a fan of people is I had this terrible terrible ex- I wouldn't really call it a traumatic experience it's not like he molested me or I didn't feel like that it was more like this is my friend and he wants this side of the relationship when it's completely inappropriate. And it's like, I thought this was what the, the friendship was. And then I, I, yeah. I stopped being his friend, but it's like, and then the same thing happened with the the professor though. Not as bad. It was like, if I had sucked up to him and been like, haha, when he said really inappropriate things, it's like, Oh, I would have a really good job right now. And I know I would. Um, yeah. Uh, and oh, it God. may, I don't know. I, I really try not to dwell on, even stuff like if I was a man and I had a masculine voice, would my videos do better? If I would I be seen as more of an authority figure? I can't. Ch- I mean, I'm not like we were talking about. I'm not trans. I'm not going to like that's not going to change. I'm going to have the same voice. I'm going to have the same attitude. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. I just have to work as hard as I can. Um, and and I, I'm very lucky. Like I talked about my fr- like uh, H-Bomb and my friends, Devin and Graham, are so wonderful and so respectful and so supportive um, in a way that I really, really appreciate. Yeah. But we do on our short films and stuff. Like usually we, we try like, it's not like we try to meet some, uh, arbitrary quota of diversity. 
But we all, we do have, end up with like uh, people of color on set and queer people on set and women on set. Part of it is like I don't want this just to be a bunch of white dudes in my movie, but it's also just sort of like the friend group that I'm in and having a very like interesting, um, respectful atmosphere. Whereas sometimes I'll be I haven't been on it in a while, but I'll be on another set. It's like, well, it's a bunch of dude making dude jokes. And they don't understand that yep. it's like maybe a little uncomfortable, yep. even if they're perfectly, you know, nice people. It's not, you know, or like the only other woman on set is the actress in this scene. And she's like, she's got like a super tight dress on and like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I feel. But I mean, I most of my bad experiences are with men a lot older than me. My friends I've had my age have been really cool and they've been positive. Experience. Even if like on that set, I never felt like super uncomfortable. It was just sort of like, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's never really it's rarely explicitly malicious. It's mm-hmm. just sort of when you when you do it enough, it it it, it repeats, and it's like, oh, this is clearly a pattern. Mm-hmm. There's actually kind of a I don't want to say minor, but a a, a sexual assault sort of controversy going on in my like film area that uh, I'm actually like tangentially involved in that I actually emailed a lawyer today to talk to them about it. So oh, I wow. won't like say much, but, but there's like this guy who um, he funded a lot of like student films mm-hmm. and he would do it in exchange for a, uh, like a role in the movie. And he's a terrible actor and he derailed everything, but that was like a condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also only ever seemed to fund movies with like, young women in like compromised positions and it was always super creepy that sounds so awful yeah and a lot of a lot of women have come forward thankfully in the last few months talking about like she was his assistant during this feature film that he, that uh, he funded and and wrote the script for but she was tasked with like going through and like cataloging all of the footage afterwards and that included like his personal camcorder, which he was using to shoot like BTS. And uh, she found just like a bunch of shots that were close-ups, uh, uh, just like extreme close-ups on people's faces when they were acting in like weird positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this movie, there's a scene where uh, a bunch of women are are hanged and it's like a public spectacle. And I felt like sick when I read this account from this woman, because I was actually standing behind him when this happened, where he was recording, they would call action and they had this giant like gallows set and, you know, they had this whole rig and she dropped and she'd like shake around and like act like she's dying and then die. And she, he he had his little camcorder filming just her face Mm. as she did that. And they would call cut That's and he would true. lower his camcorder. Really it's like serial killer kind of stuff. It's really spooky. Yeah, no, there was... It's really great. They're going to find some bodies and it's, that goes beyond... I mean, that obviously like sexual assault stuff's really bad, but that's also like, ooh, there's something... That, like, he's obviously like the, the worst of the worst of it. Mm-hmm. But you still see it everywhere. And it's so frustrating to me because when you're like a college student and you're making short films... You're not going to make art like you might if you if you really got your shit together, you might mm-hmm. be able to make art. But generally speaking, you're trying to just figure out what even movies are for you. And that's a time to like really experiment and play around like all of the stuff that I've made, like most of my professors didn't know what to do with it. So they just were like, OK, I guess you get an A. I don't <laughs> know. I wanted to just like experiment. Like it doesn't matter if it's garbage. I just want to try things. And it's so frustrating seeing the young people, all of them like white dudes who really just think the world of themselves, Mm -hmm. making just mediocre shit. Meanwhile, several of the most impressive filmmakers I've ever met, who I'm still like really close friends with, are women who've come through and like struggled to get their stuff, any traction out in the wider world. Getting back to like you not wanting to dwell on how successful your stuff might be otherwise. Mm I kind of had a sickening realization that like uh, I'd been subscribed to you for a long time, but I uh, like I watched a few of your videos and I, f- I had the feeling like, oh, they're kind of dry. And it it, it uh, interrogating it, I'm like, what's substantially the difference between your presentation and like somebody like Sean, mm-hmm. whose stuff is like the most dry it can be. He, he doesn't have any music. He doesn't edit a lot. He doesn't have like music. It's just sort of, and it doesn't seem like he does a whole lot. Of, I love Sean. 
but it seems like he doesn't yeah. do a whole lot of takes. He's just sort of like here talking with you. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's 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 basically just a podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I real I, I I had the sickening realization that it's like oh shit, it's because I think it's because you're a woman, and mm-hmm. I felt like so disgusted, and so I've made a point of like trying to find people who like challenge challenge that, and it's I feel like that's that. Obviously, that that's got to be like so persistent. And you've described like your uh, uh, like all of the creepy messages you get. And <laughs> I get I get like really annoying messages, and I realize that that's that's like a, a luxury of mine. Where I have a video about just comparing the fight scenes of Preacher and Iron Fist, and it's like a it's like a seventeen minute video, and the last sentence of the video is just like a jab at like, hey, maybe it would have been more interesting if they cast an Asian actor mm-hmm. as Danny Rand, and that's the one thing that everybody comments about. Yeah, all that stuff is really is so annoying. <laughs> yeah, just like this, the like the little pedantic things that people fix. It's on. worse than the like the mean stuff to me. And it's sort of a tangent, but the the pedant stuff. I would rather get like a kill your. I haven't really gotten a kill yourself, but I'd rather get a kill yourself than like the actually this 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 this. And I'm like, ah, oh, it just gives me a headache. But anyway, go on. It's so annoying. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's really annoying. But I realize it's it's kind of a luxury of my perceived maleness, and mm-hmm. I don't get like really creepy. You know, like obsessive, like oh, you you sound so cute, and I love you know you I uh, I, you, I I mean obviously like I'm just thinking about it, I'm like struggling to find the words because it's just so disgusting, and I don't <laughs> understand how people can be so fucking obsessive and inconsiderate of, of of like your basic humanity or any kind of basic boundaries or yeah, it's I. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, when I was 16, I uploaded a video, obviously completely unrelated channel, of me and my friends and some of my relatives playing around with, like, little One Piece figures. Um, yeah. Probably, hopefully no one will find it now that I've mentioned that. But I uh, <laughs> posted it on a forum, and there's one shot in it where you can see my feet. Um, oh. With a fe- like, I did not think about it. Like I said, I was, like, 15. Right. It's just really, really silly, stupid, you know? And then yeah. it's like on that forum, like, mm, your feet are so cute. And I was like, what? Oh, I'm a teenage no. girl. I don't. There was no. Rem- it's like a shot in it for like two seconds. My face. None of our faces are in it. You know, none of our. I don't yeah. think we say our names. I was very, very. My uh, mom instilled a certain healthy paranoia in me. I did not put my real name or photo online until I was like 17, 18, which is good. Um, yeah, which again makes it weirder that that guy had was so infatuated with me because he didn't know what I looked like. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it was like a, a yeah. true love or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was like that Ugh. first like show feet. I still get weird feet messages now. I will crop my feet out of photos or I'll ha- like I had a, a funny. <laughs> it's stupid that I have to do this too. I had a funny picture when I was in Florida a couple years like last year or the year before. I wore like high top Converse and I had like a high top like yeah. a real redneck looking like high top tan line. <laughs> It's a photo of me in like uh, flip flops oh. with like a pale foot, and then like my ankle, I had a tan line, and I was like, I put it on Facebook. I was like, I can't tweet this. It's a funny yeah. picture of like how I would just like walk around outside in my Converse, and I had like a weird tan line, and I thought it was funny, and then I was like, I can't. I'll get weird. Con- I can't. I can't show. Oh I show God. feet, sweetie. I can't do it because people yeah. are weird to me, and it's oh, not so like gross. ironically weird. I still get, there was a series of messages I got a while ago, and they started again recently that was just like, what kind of shoes do you like? What size are your feet? And like, or I'll get stuff like, oh. people think they're being slick. Like, if you had a little sister, would you spank her? Or like, if, if, if you could shrink a man, if a man oh. was shrunk down, would you sit on him? I'm like, do you think I don't know this is like weird fetish stuff that you're trying to get me to indulge in? Which again, it's like that yeah. kind of stuff again is fun, like, whatever uh, you know about uh kinks and stuff but don't try to uh, yeah i was talking i can't remember who i was talking about why i really if whatever curious cat i answer even if it's even slightly weird i was like is someone getting off to this i don't know i have to keep that in mind there's stuff i delete that could be really sweet that i don't know is someone being weird but it might be someone being weird and i just don't want to yeah uh, there's a lot that i delete or i'll be kind of like try to establish a boundary and someone will get really upset like well i didn't mean to hurt you i'm like you didn't I, like calm down you don't like people are so strange but yeah no I, it's a being constantly fetishized it doesn't matter how much i desexualize myself it doesn't matter how androgynous i am or how much i try to 
assert myself to be taken seriously. Um, yeah. And also to not be seen as humorless and also not to be seen as hysterical or shrill and also to do this. And especially in my earlier videos, I would spend so much time like I have to make this argument ironclad. I have to spend so much time. There can't be any holes in it because people will just delight in picking it right. apart. Even yeah. before I got more political and the only stuff people got mad at me about was like, I don't like Jean-Luc Godard or I don't like cinema sins. That's what people got offended about. <laughs> Which is fine. That's I would much rather yeah. argue that kind of stuff than... Yeah. Well, I just want to say um, I get really tired of the predominant like sense of criticism is like this sense of self-ownership and self-righteousness of like, this this movie's terrible. Like, The Last Jedi didn't do what I wanted it to do, and yeah. it's it's garbage, and we need to strike it from the canon. And so much of like internet criticism is based on pedantic deconstruction and saying, you know, here are all these horrible plot holes and everything. And I think it's really easy to be extremely cynical and like tear something down. But I think it's a lot harder and a lot more like vulnerable and takes a lot more honesty to sort of explain why you love something, because that's delving into an emotional response because mm -hmm. it's not always rational. It's rarely rational. And um, that's the thing that I really respect a lot about uh, your videos is that I think you do a very good job of when you dislike something, you connect it to something that's like that you that you do like. And it, when it, when you're talking about like your Hannibal video to me is 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 wonderful. Thank you. I, I like that one. I had fun making. I talk way too fast in it. I can't. I'm like <laughs> uh, I'm like embarrassed when I listen to it now. But I, I thank you. I really. I just got to just talk about all the stuff that I love. It was very fun to make that. It was hard to make that one, but it was fun. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I bet. What's, what's most impressive to me about the uh, second uh, Fake Friends video is that even for as like cynical as that gets, you somehow managed to shy away from like, we're all fucked. <laughs> and I feel like it's that would be a very easy direction to take it. And even as you're like being honest and, and kind of cynical about it, it's still like, this is just reality and we have to like soberly accept it. And yeah, so I just, I really admire your work and your like, your approach. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad to see that people are really, you seem to have gotten a pretty good response with, with uh, fake friends too. I think so. I, I, in, in ways that have surprised me. Cause I've been doing this for three years and I'm like, like I say at the end of the video, I was like, I can't do another feature. Like I got bills <laughs> that I'm a little bit like, yeah, oh, like I can't, this was so like, I, if I did this in freelance hours, this would be thousands and thousands of dollars that I just put into something that I got about $340 for, which is awesome. But it's also like, that's not enough money for a year of my life. No, no. Yeah. I, I did a Twin Peaks video that was like 45 minutes long. It's like part one of six that <laughs> I'm still working on. And that was like hundreds of hours of work. And so just like the thought of, of a two hour long video with that much research, like citing that much evidence, I can't even comprehend it. So like I, I applaud your work. Thank you. That. It's fun. It was fun. Like I just get because I've got some curious, curious cat questions that are sort of like, you know, are you self-conscious about your writing or like this and that? I'm like, no. It's like, well, what, what like fuels you to keep doing this or what, you know, where does that, the confidence or, or the impetus or whatever come from? And it's like, well, I just get something in my head of like, this is important. Whether it is like, I want film culture to be less elitist or it's just, just the more that I read about this, I was like, people, this is like a disease this is so important to talk. No one is talking about this. I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm crazy. I feel like this is, I'm seeing, especially having so many friends, which all these people who commented who are like, you're just being judgmental and stuff. I was like, you don't know what it's like to be on this side of it and to have friends who deal with this. So like people I really care about um, and know really well who have just insane fan, like awful quote unquote fans who are, it's like this, this weight on them. And it's also yeah. that one commenter was like very, very angry. Like, you know, this is all a uh, bougie white man bullshit. Da, da, da. I can't care about these <laughs> rich people. I'm like, I'm not rich and I'm not a man. I don't have any yeah. money. And I put up like I talk about all these weird. I don't talk about the weirdest stuff that I get in that video because I don't want those people to get any more attention. But it's like you're I'm right, right here. Also, I'm like a woman making this video. But you're just <laughs> like, I was just like, OK, yeah. I'm talking about my own experiences. It's just like, all right. <laughs> I I will not shed a tear for Jack Septicai, but I think yeah, the point is well made he, regardless. He, you know. <laughs> and I agree. I agree with you that he seems like he seems legitimate and like, I do feel bad for him, but there is a point like 20 million subscribers, you know, 
how much, I don't know. It's complicated, but it's also like, I would not want his life. Oh, absolutely not. Sort of separate about like uh, privilege and money and like no one should have that much attention or that much money and whatever. Um, but it's also like, I am very, like, I don't have any money. I have a lot, a lot of stress. I have trouble even like paying my phone bill and whatever. I have all this stuff going on in my life that I'm very frustrated with. I would not for a second trade lives with him. No, that's all. That's so horrific to me. <laughs> I do not envy yeah. him. I do not aspire to that. So I, and it's like, I'm not like, I don't love PewDiePie. He said some really dumb stuff, right? I don't think he's the, yeah. I think John Tron is where I, I'm sort of like, I cannot have empathy for this person anymore. This person is just, ter- the stuff he has said is just disgusting. Oh, yeah, Like, absolutely. real, like, in super, super white supremacist, racist, you know. Whereas yeah. PewDiePie is a dumb edgelord kind of stuff. But I can watch him talk about this stuff that he's been through and have some level of empathy or be like, this is what, yeah. this is what happens when you have the most subscribers out of anyone. It's like, you think <laughs> you want this? You think you want a bus full of kids or whatever? You think you want some guy demanding to interview you at your house? You think, you know, and he does, he's much more, from what I've seen in his stuff, versus Markiplier and Jacksepticeye, much less, like, loving towards his fans. And that still happens. He, he's much less emotionally yeah. vulnerable. He, I mean, he'll cry during videos or whatever, but he seems less uh, personal and a healthier, yeah. he seems to have a healthier distance, and it doesn't matter. No, of course not. It's... <laughs> It's it's imp- it's it seems like there's just no way to win when you're a public figure on the internet, and I don't I don't know what to do about that. But I guess the first step is shining a light on it. I just I'm just like stop it. <laughs> yeah. I will be like I try like I I'm a a pretty friendly person by nature, but I also am very 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 big on boundaries. Like obviously, and if people yeah. start taking it too far, I'll just be I'll just either start I'll I'll mute or block people. Uh, a lot faster than most people will because people don't want to burn bridges. They don't want to offend people. It's like, I don't need, like, I don't, I'll, I, obviously I'll go back and forth with someone who disagrees with me, even if they disagree politically. Cause it's like, I, this is a, a chance for growth and discussion. But if someone is just yeah. being a pedant or they're, they're arguing in bad faith, even if they are on the same side yeah. as me politically or this or that, I'm just like, I don't care. I, you are not entitled to my attention or my time. You should not feel entitled to it. Yeah. I'll, I'll gladly burn that bridge. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, people say weird stuff to me. It's like, well, okay, delete. I don't have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is a tangent, but I was at a Mountain Goat show with my friend Devin in Atlanta, <laughs> like in the audience before the show started, and someone on one of my videos, just start, the political correctness video, just started leaving all these comments, all these, I don't want to go too much into it. It's like, again, giving that person attention. Uh, right. Like, comment after comment, like, coward, talk to me. And it's like, I have a life. I'm at a concert. Like oh, I, they were responding God. to like other people's comments and they'll, I think it's that same person. I'm not sure. We'll come back every few months and just leave me paragraph long. Curious cats about how I'm the first against the wall when the left turns on their own. And I'm an SJ all this oh, weird Jesus. stuff. Yeah. Not, not necessarily threatening, but like really riled up. And I'm just like, delete. Yeah. Delete. Delete. No. Delete, yeah. That's delete, delete, delete. And they'd keep coming back. But it was like, <laughs> in that moment, it was like, can you not understand that I have a life. You are not my 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 rival. We're not, you know, like enemies. We're not in some grand debate. It's like I'm at a show with my friends talking in the crowd. I do not have time. I literally don't have time. I don't care for one. Um, I think yeah. I, I responded a couple of times at first and I was basically like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't have anything to prove. Uh, I was like, I, you could see in this comment section, I discussed this with a lot of people and he was like, well, they haven't held your feet to the fire. Like I will. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I'm, I'm going to just go, I'm going to watch John Darniel and not yeah. think about my YouTube channel. All these, all, all these randos think they're the, the homes to your Moriarty. They do, it's weird. Just, it's this sort of like, they think, I guess they, they care so much about the stuff that I, I do that they assume that I care that they're upset or what it's like. I don't No, I don't care. I don't know you. I don't know you. Yeah. I don't owe you my time. I also like, there are people, I mean, on the internet or in real life who are just very, very argumentative. And I think it comes from a yeah. certain insecurity of them having to be right and having to like beat other people. And I'm like, I don't care. I am not a competitive person at all. I'm an ambitious person. I'm not competitive at all. I don't care if I'm playing a game. I don't care if I win. I don't care about winning arguments. I don't, I don't have the, I don't have a lot of emotional energy. I don't have the emotional energy for it. So I'm just like, uh, someone just like, ah, like, da, da, da. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. I don't care. Like, yeah. Cool. Good. Congratulations. Okay. Thanks. You're mad at me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is very, but like, 
I, I talk about this on Twitter, too. Like, people who have tens of thousands of followers who just sit there and quote tweet people all day. Oh, yeah. I'm like, do you not have anything better to do with your life that's so sad than to make yourself feel better? This person has 70 followers. It's not like they told you, you know, like when people tell Jewish people to get into an oven or something like that. It's Uh, so awful. It's like it's just someone was like mildly argumentative towards you and you have to like show them. Yeah. It's pathetic. Like I'm, I'm going to sick my mob on you. Yeah, it's like, so This is slightly pathetic. different, but like Elon Musk, uh-huh. you know, quote tweeting random people who are like, not even that critical, just saying like, oh, I think this is kind of dumb, which I think he deserves all the criticism in the world. Yeah. But it's like, here's one of the wealthiest men on earth, like quote tweeting a 12 year old and sending his mob of ridiculously obsessive fans. Their Tesla tattoos. Just, yeah, it's so transparently yeah. like an abuse of your platform and abuse of power and just being so insecure. Like I get so many weird messages all the time and I just delete, delete it. Delete it. <laughs> it's like when I, um, I, I had posted when Neil Ciceriga and Jontron had gone back and forth. I ended up deleting it cause it got Ciceriga negative attention and I felt really awkward and really bad, but it was because yeah. he was telling Jontron, you know, I, all I know about you is that someone asked you not to say the word retard and you were very, rude about it and so i got so many random people just tweeting the word retard at me and calling me retard and all this stuff and i was just like mute 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 whatever like it's just it's them being shitty but it's also like what good would it do if i was like actually that's a slur and you shouldn't say that and that's very rude and how did like let me get my followers to i'm like mute 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 mute, mute. i don't need to and i think that's part of it too is i grew up on the internet i used to post on 4chan i know (laughs) what these people are yeah, yeah. I know what's going on here. Uh, I'm just going to go back to whatever I'm doing. That's definitely a big tangent. But I do, even uh, a lot of leftist content creators are, are well, I, I don't want to say who it was, but there was a, a YouTuber who I liked their videos and I followed them. And within like a, maybe a few minutes of me following them, they quote tweeted someone like that who had two followers. And I was like, this person literally could have made their account to bother you. I was like, I can't handle this. Yeah. It's very sad. I am gone. I like immediately unfollowed that, them. Yeah, that's frustrating. I was like, don't. And then I'll tweet about that. Uh, and people are like, well, you mean people aren't worth engaging with if they don't have a lot of followers? I was like, okay, you're just whatever. No, that's not what I said. But No, yeah. Context matters. Think with your brain. Yeah, the pedants online. I mean, I, I, mean I, I also, I get so many cool, funny responses. And I, lo- I love what I do. And it's really cool. And I try not to... Uh, complain too much but it parts of it are so annoying <laughs> it's more annoying than anything that's yeah, the, the number I get, one emotion like i feel like uh uh natalie contrapoints gets a mm. lot of shit and it's so frustrating to watch from a distance because it's like she's she's learning we're all just learning we're figuring it she's out she's a person and yeah it's it's frustrating to watch because there's a lot that's at stake right now and if something's important to you obviously expressing that is is valuable but it comes to a point where you're you're putting so much weight on somebody you don't even know yes yeah, it's, it's obvious it's absolutely the parasocial uh, thing yeah yeah to 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 bring it right back around it's <laughs> that's why i think that your series is so so vital and important and why i uh worship you uncritically oh no, no. i failed at my video yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no uh i'm really glad that you decided to humor me with your time oh no thank you i appreciate it it was very flattering i enjoy doing podcasts and stuff too yeah, and uh, I, uh, I I really enjoyed this conversation. And um, where can people find your stuff? People can find me on YouTube at Strucci Movies. It's S-T-R-U-C-C-I. Or if you ta- type in, like, film nerd or, like, fake friends parasocial, I'm sure I'll come up. I have a Strucci Movies Twitter account just for, like, channel stuff or convention appearances or whatever. And my private Twitter is plenty of alcoves where I just post whatever. And I have I have more fun with it. Those are the main. I mostly I'm mostly just on Twitter and YouTube. Well, thank you again so much for for coming on my show. Um, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to Fake Friends episode three. Whenever <laughs> coming twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. See. a fun conversation i 
have feelings, but I'll talk about that in the next episode. For now, as you can tell, we talked for a long time. We actually talked for a lot longer than shows up in this episode, a lot of which was me talking out of my aforementioned nervousness, like way too much. So the version that you're hearing is a lot shorter because I cut out a lot of me babbling, and there's still a lot of me babbling in this episode. So I just want to say to Shannon Strucci, if you're listening, thank you so much for tolerating my nervousness and my verbosity. But I teased at the start of this episode that there is a special announcement, and there is. Longtime listeners will know that I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash LTAS, which is for a lot of my YouTube stuff. I've been trying to figure out how to tie podcast things into my Patreon for, like, exclusives. Well, in my conversation with Shannon, we had about, like, a 10-minute digression about Red Letter Media and sort of media criticism online. It didn't really fit in this episode, even as kind of scatterbrained as it already is, but it was still a good bit of conversation. So if you go to patreon.com slash LTAS and pledge $5 a month or more, you get access to an exclusive 10-minute clip that wasn't good enough for the regular episode. Yeah, how about that, huh? That sounds enticing. Of course, $5 patrons also get access to my notes and scripts for all of my videos, plus a 30-minute video essay that no one else gets to watch. So really, it's an incredible deal. One last time, patreon.com slash LTAS. Links in the description. And also, of course, if you missed any of Shannon's stuff, there are links to her stuff in the description. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, ideas, rants, criticisms, hate mail, whatever, send me an email at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe I'll read it on the show. Maybe I'll talk about it on the show. Maybe I'll ignore it forever. It's all about you, listeners. You see, I haven't learned my lesson about parasocial relationships, and I'm here to cultivate my personal relationship with you. Yes, that's right. You. Send me an email at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com, and I will talk to you personally. No, I won't. I won't do that. The cover art is by Emily Bungarner. The music you heard is by Insane in the Rain Music. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you again in the very near future. Bye.